This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Let me ask you this, Leah. Did so? What, did you start by an example? Because oftentimes, you know, when I'm thinking about doing research, I kind of get started by an example in my head, or I see something that's out there, or something counterintuitive, or something weird. And that I want to explain it going back to your earlier point about intellectual curiosity, why we do research as academics. Is, is that, was there a particular illustrative moment or example situation that you found that kind of motivated, hey, I want to study this? Yeah. So it was, it first of all started with the product placement problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then I found an easy answer to why that's the case. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stopped that solution. <laughs> right. Um, and then I came across Doritos did an interesting marketing advert game okay. um, back, I think it may have been early 2000s, okay. like mid 2000s. Okay. Um, and they created this advertising video game that was a horror-based video game called Hotel 626. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and they did it as part of a promotional campaign um, of the flavors that they were, quote unquote, bringing back from the dead. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> And so the whole premise of the game is that it's a it's a massively it's pretty scary. Um, you can only play it from six p.m. till six a.m. Oh, um, and it's pretty engaging. So you, in order to get out, the the computer has to call your cell phone to give you clues on how to get out of the game. Oh wow! Um, Interesting. It takes photos from the camera on your computer. It's a whole thing. Wow! Um, so it's an intense horror experience that's immersive, mm-hmm. and yet it's a Doritos game. Mm-hmm. And so you saw the only um, evidence that it was a Doritos game at all was that there's a tiny logo in the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. That's the Doritos logo. Oh, and so they do claim that because of this promotion, they sold out of all of their their chips within record time. Wow. Interesting. And so um, if that is the case, I was going, this is an intense horror experience. Mm-hmm. And the brand is there, but the brand's not integral to the experience. Gotcha. So is there something that's happening about the brand being there that actually led to this increase in potential sale? Gotcha. And did you have at that particular moment in time, Leah, a hypothesis about the degree of integration of the brand in the experience? Because it sounds like what you were describing for Doritos, at least at that particular point of engagement, is that they were trying to be very subtle and not as in your face with the brand piece of it. So did you was that something that led to a hypothesis about that? or? Yeah, it had to do with... Um, Integral versus incidental emotion, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. so integral means that the experience itself is causing you to feel fear mm-hmm. um, versus I'm feeling fear and I just happen to be in this situation. And so in my case, it would be that if the brand was causing you to be afraid, you're not going to see positive outcome from that mm-hmm. because then it becomes an avoidance tactic. I want to avoid this brand that's causing me to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's incidental, I've suddenly got this feeling of fear. I probably want to cope with it in some way. Mm. In which case, having the brand there may have been a way for people to feel better. It's interesting. In so this yeah. is interesting. There's two points here that I think are very interesting in this research, Leah. And that is one to say that if the brand is causing the fear, then there's no way that the brand can be a coping mechanism. So that's out sort of immediately. But I love this point that you're making. And that is that if it's an incidental experience of fear, then what can happen is the brand can help you cope. And what's beautiful about that, I think, and I want you to explain this a little bit more for our listeners, is the fact that there is something about brands that give us comfort, that 
reduce, you know, uncertainty that make us feel better. So as a co, if it just so happens that the brand is there, then it's kind of like the the first thing that I can go to to cope is that brand. Is that the idea? Uh, that that was my idea. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's exciting. I mean, everybody has ideas, but <laughs> yeah, but but I love that point though because you know people. People often kind of people, marketers, consumers, <laughs> they often, they, they don't understand the power of the brand. If you don't understand yeah. that a brand is a meaning system that allows you to have these feelings of affiliation, you would never yeah. understand that it's a possible kind of coping mechanism that could be powerfully leveraged in the context of this type of advertising analysis, right? Yeah. And so how did you set up your first experiment to sort of test? Because it's easy to sort of say, well, here's the idea. Right. It's a whole different proposition to say, here's a JCR that's published uh, and here it is, you know, through a peer review process of analytically demonstrating this in a way that's precise and not just, well, we think it might be fear, might be doing X, Y, Z. No, this is exactly, you know, what's going on in terms of what you're proposing is going on. So tell me a little bit about the actual empirical work that you use to kind of uncover these incredible kind of aha moments. Yeah, um, so drawing off of the idea that brands have meaning, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. In particular, they've got human-like meaning, right? They've got personalities. We build up an entire relationships potentially with them. So drawing on that, that's the power of the brand in the situation. Um, and then looking at coping mechanisms for fear, there's been a bunch of research, um, old research, mm-hmm. that says that when people feel afraid. Our natural tendency is to share that experience with other people. And so we have this drive for affiliation uh, yeah. when we're afraid. Yes. And this is, a, just, sorry, just a, I love the point that you're making here, Leah. This is kind of the power, right, of when you go to the haunted house, you don't, you know, you go with a group of friends and all of that, right? Yeah. And even if you go alone, you end up with friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. so, so then, so as that evolved, then what, how did you start thinking about now how I'm going to translate this into something that you know, uh, upholds the scientific, the scientific testing process. Yeah. The scientific (laughs) method. Right. Yeah. So you can't just throw fear as the only emotion, Mm -hmm. um, because there are a multitude of emotions that could potentially have this affiliation outcome Mm. attached to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so what Joey and I did, Joey Hogue Mm -hmm. is my co-author. Yes. And fellow, Um, sorry, I got to give a props to the university of Florida. So a fellow Floridian as well. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. (laughs) Because I did my PhD in the university of Florida, 1995 to 2000. So I I didn't exactly overlap with Joey, but, uh, we bleed Gator nation, baby. Sorry. I just had to put that out there. Affiliation. So, yeah, cool. yeah, very cool. So, but this is very critical, Leah, because now you're saying, "Listen, I can't, I can't, I can't convince people fear is driving this unless I can show yeah. that there are these other things that are also emotions, but it's yeah. not these other things." Yeah, and so we chose um, both positive and negative emotions. Um, so happiness, uh, excitement, mm-hmm. sadness, and fear were our main emotional. Um, emotions that we mm. randomly assigned to participants. Gotcha. Because um, sa- sadness could, could trigger coping as well, right? That's your point. Right. Sadness is, I'm feeling sad. Maybe I want to be with people, mm-hmm. right? And you don't want to be, like, you have to cope with a negative emotion. Um, but sadness could be an avoidance emotion. I want to draw in on myself as opposed to be with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that leads to, to a good sort of foil mm-hmm. or comparison mm-hmm. condition. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And also when we think about emotions, we can think about high arousal and low arousal emotion, mm-hmm. um, which is why we look at excitement as a high arousal positive emotion. Mm-hmm. Like fear is a high arousal negative emotion. Gotcha. Um, sadness and happiness, positive and negative low arousal emotion. Gotcha. Wow. Covering all the uh, orthogonal uh, <laughs> dimensions of the construct here. I love it. So yeah, that's cool. So how did you how did you elicit? So I guess the experiment now elicits this, incidentally elicits these emotions, yes? Yes. So they, participants walk into a movie experience study, mm. um, and which they're told that they will watch any number of genres mm-hmm. of movie type. Um, so those in the fear condition got to watch a five-minute clip from The Ring, oh. a five-minute clip from, um, I think, Pet Cemetery, gotcha. or Salem's Lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Salem's Lot's a fantastic movie. By the, the Ring, by the way, is fantastic. Is that your, that is, <laughs> my, my audio uh, guru, Jeff Simmons, is shaking his head. He didn't like it. Uh, but uh, I remember, I think The Ring was the one, The, the Ring was the one where you, the, you get the phone call and you die? Is that, the, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you pass it on to somebody else. Unless you pass it on to somebody else. And I, I remember watching this DVD, uh, Leah, and I think at the end, if you watch it all the way through on the DVD on the extras bonuses thing, there's this really cool part where it's just a bunch of silence and you're just watching it. And then there's this loud phone ring. And I remember <laughs> like, just like a random. And I remember just, you think it's your phone and you like literally just jump out of your socks. That's so, an amazing Easter egg. It is. A lot. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. But so that was, so they went to this thing. I'm going to see a movie or any, going to be a lot of different types of movies. Here's a movie. And I either got in the, uh, fear versus sadness or the fear condition. I got uh, I got the ring or pet pet cemetery which I think was the other no, one right. Um, it was two five minute clips, so ten minutes total. Gotcha. Um, from the ring and Salem's lot. Gotcha. For the fear condition. For the fear condition. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sadness, they watched the champ, which is mm. heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am Sam. Oh. And then excitement, we did I think night and day. Mm-hmm. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith, mm-hmm. <laughs> the action scene. Oh, yes. Um, and then Happiness was Friends. So they oh. got to watch some comedy there. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so they watch the movie, then what happens? They watch the movie, they answer some questions about the movie experience to sort of go with the cover story, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Yes. Um, and at the beginning of the study, though, the experimenter put a brand in the room with them, and it was a brand they'd never seen before. Wow, interesting. An unfamiliar brand. Okay. Um, because it takes time to form attachment, and we wanted to see if we could facilitate the creation of brand attachment given a fear experience. Oh, interesting. So they've never seen this brand. It's in, it's just there in the room with them. What 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 is it? A brand? What's the product category of the brand? So it was a. a food product gotcha. and it varied across um, the studies. I think we had sparkling water and a sparkling beverage, gotcha. um, chips and uh, candy. Gotcha. And so it's a brand I've never heard of. I've just watched the movie. It's there in the room with me. Then what happens? Yeah. So they then move on to the brand experience study where they're, they were told before that the brand was there to be reviewed later. Mm-hmm. And so it was in the room so they could move forward to the next study without having to be interrupted. Got it. Basically. Mm-hmm. And so then they were instructed to review the brand. Um, and they answered questions about their attitudes, but also how emotionally attached or connected they felt to the brand. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so, and then, so your, the outcome is that that is the outcome you're looking at. Did, <laughs> did fear 
in the context of this high negative, high arousal construct mm-hmm. uh, produce more affiliation than the other three conditions. Right. Wow. And luckily that's what we found. <laughs> wow. It's like uh, literally haloing over. Mm-hmm. But it's haloing through, you probably measured this, right? The need to kind of, how did you, how did you capture, you know, what was, what was going on in terms of after they experienced this, this fear, this high arousal negative fear that they are, are actually needing to affiliate, needing to cope? Yeah. So we actually looked at the perception of shared experience, mm. which is the outcome of affiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we asked some questions like, um, I feel like the brand was with me during this experience. Oh, interesting. Um, and I think three questions that all loaded on the same idea Gotcha. of sharing the experience with the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yes, we found wow. that, in fact, the perception of sharing the experience increased in the fear condition, which led to higher emotional attachment, but not necessarily attitude, which we thought was really interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Now, talk a little bit about that, What, how you thought about the fact that attitudes seem to be kind of not, not affected by this. Right. So we were looking at, so attitudes are more cognitive, mm-hmm. where you have to have experience with the product before mm-hmm. or with the brand. Mm-hmm. And so attitudes might not necessarily change because this is your very first experience with mm. the brand. But emotional attachments can necessarily, they can come first sometimes before cognition. For sure. Um, And And so we were looking at whether emotional attachment would increase, but maybe not necessarily some of these more cognitive measures Mm -hmm. of brand outcomes. And I think it's very interesting though, Leah, because it it sort of makes the point that it shows the power. Had you gotten an attitude difference, then it it might've been kind of less interesting in a way because it would just, okay, well, they're just... You know, it's kind of like self-generated validity. Yeah, you know, they feel yeah. a certain way. I feel affiliation, so I like this more. And you're not showing that. You're actually showing this a very specific kind of emotional response that is being driven here, not necessarily the cognitive one yet. Yet, yeah. Yeah. the important part. <laughs> Interesting. And so I love that idea. So if you're working with a marketer, uh, Leah, and you take the culmination of the work that you've done here, uh, especially in this particular uh, Journal of Consumer Search paper, yeah. What would be some, give me sort of your top three, four, five, or a few, let me just say it that way, a few points that you would, pointers that you would give to marketers who are thinking about using fear as a way to build brand enhancement and brand affiliation. Um, well, I'd first make sure that they understand that it needs to not, the brand needs to not cause the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's got to be a situation where people are feeling this kind of fear generally. Mm-hmm. And that the brand is there to help. Um, And so one of, I mean, the funny way that I always think about this is going to haunted houses and handing out like swag before (laughs) they go into the haunted house. Uh, That's interesting. Like a sponsored haunted house. Interesting. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because generally you do see this all the time. There's brands all over those kind of events. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So that's, my, but, that's my funniest one. <laughs> no, that's a good one because it would literally say that, you know, you don't want to, you know, you, you want to give it to them in a certain way because it's going to, you understand yeah. that there is this insight there. Are there other points that you would also want to share? Um, I think also thinking about how weird people are is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, that in the absence of other people, we can actually use brands to cope with things, which I think is a unique. Oh, interesting. 
outcome Mm -hmm. when we're thinking about human coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that brands can play this kind of important role in consumers' lives is something that I think lends integrity when you're developing brands and how you should be a brand. I think that's good. Um, That that is absolutely incredible stuff. I really appreciate you coming on the program tonight. Leah Dunn, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. Listeners, if you're interested in learning more about Leah and her fantastic research that she's doing at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business, head over to foster.uw.edu. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. 